So I guess it's just building. It's just a constant. I'll keep. I'll keep building until Instagram dies. <laughs> until you know. No, until social media is over, there's, there's no reason to stop. I can't see a, a con. There's no downfall in, in doing it. So I may as well just keep going. Nobody Comes Here to Hide shares the stories of thriving Black creatives living their passion. By listening to their journeys, you can envision your own. Their stories showcase the many ways to achieve one's dreams because your journey to success is rarely what you'd imagine. Hi, Macaulay. How you doing? Hello, you're all right. Um, I am with, uh, Macaulay Carruthers. Is that how you say it? Yes. Yes. Uh, AKA chaotic movement. And normally I do like an intro, but it was a little bit difficult to find information about you. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. I mean, past chaotic movement, I guess. If that makes Yeah. Sense. I mean, it's just kind of like, a, um, it's always like a figure of what, what, the positive side. I mean, I mean, a lot of social media is um, a lot of people just post the positive, and people look at that as a negative thing. Whereas mm-hmm. I kind of look it as we're not trying to depress people. We're trying to make people see the the motivated side of it. That what you can achieve, what you can do. Can you give a little bit of background on? Yeah. So I started as a gymnast. Um, at the age of nine, which is quite old for a gymnast, but I got into gymnastics, progressed through the stages, got to the nationals, and then I kind of took an interest into breakdancing um, from my my parents ran a youth club, so the the girls there, mainly girls really, would just do dancing, and I watched um, You Got Served. Uh, I don't know if you know the film, but it was a big dance film back in the day, and I watched that and seen them all doing breakdancing, so I thought, well, they're doing that's the music, I'm trying to join in. So I started joining them with that, and then the gymnastics coach basically gave an ultimatum where it was either gymnastics or breakdancing, and... Uh, anybody that knows the two breakdancing is a lot more fun <laughs> than gymnastics. Gymnastics <laughs> is strict. Like I used to come out of the sessions crying. It was hard work. Um, so thankful for it now, but back then I didn't see it. So I chose the breakdancing, went into all that. Um, I did quite well in breakdancing. A lot in breakdancing. I travelled over to China. Did the Chinese and tourism festival. Um, did like toured like the UK doing park resorts and Butlins, etc. Music videos and stuff like that. And then um, it kind of went towards training in the gym. Like as I became the age where you're allowed to go to the gym, and I've always been active and wanted to do something like I'm going to the gym as well. Started to kind of put on muscle because I, I had no knowledge of the gym. It was just lifting weights to the point where it was affecting my breakdancing. My flexibility was gone, and then I started to look into calisthenics, which is like body weight training and. Um, I was doing it every day and then I started to look on Instagram and YouTube for other people doing similar things for ideas. And there was a few people doing it, but not a lot. So I decided, well, why can't I do this? So I started posting videos in the gym and I mean, I got a lot of hate for it. Not hate, hate, but comments like, um, uh, why you can't get your phone. Yeah, you can't go do a gym session without your phone. Uh, you've got to record yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. And I looked past it because I looked at it as a sense of, this is always going to be something that I look back at and you can see your progress because looking at your progress helps tremendously with your mindset towards doing something. So um, just that made me work harder because I could look back at what I'd done. Um, and I was just doing that religiously until luckily I got contacted by a company called Pull Up Mate 
um, which was my first sponsor, which then led me down the, the lane of like motivating people. I was getting like messages of completely random people. Like I can't say that many people I know actually messaged me then, um, but random people messaged me and asked for advice or what to do and that. And it, motivating someone you know when someone says that they're, they're training because they see what you're doing you, you feel like oh all right i'm gonna keep doing this because it's not just about training your body to get in shape it's training your mentality your health you, it's yeah the way of life it's a lifestyle isn't it mm-hmm. so I, I, it's kind of just evolved through i never really chose a specific thing i just kind of went with what i was doing and enjoying training really like enjoying staying active yeah yeah, that makes yeah, sense. If it makes sense, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, I used to be a gymnast. Oh, um, really? Yeah, like a competitive gymnast. But I was um, never very good, but I was always having the best time. <laughs> that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about, I say that to people, you can do, if you go to the gym, but you don't like going to the gym, mm-hmm. then it's not the way for you. Find another way to do your exercise because yeah. you need to enjoy yourself. You only get one life. Why are you going to do something you don't like doing? And you're not going to stick to it. It's not something Absolutely. that's going to stay because you don't like doing it. Yeah, it's not a long term. Yeah, yeah, because of because of gymnastics, I'm not really equipped to go to a traditional gym mm. because for me, all of our training and strength training was like integrated into the work. Yeah. Um, and so for me, if I can't decide like a specific skill that I will get from yeah, I'm doing lifting, that like bicep curls, yeah. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I get that. I get that 100%. Well, yeah. It's better when you're working towards a goal, not just, oh, I lifted 12 kg, now I lifted 15 kg. You're doing the same thing. It's repetitive motion. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, like, I'm a fan of calisthenics simply because people will go into the gym and start throwing around heavy weights around, but can't lift their own body weight. Like they can't hang on a bar. And... I find that absolutely bizarre. I find that ridiculous. Like, so I can bench the car, but I can't climb out of a hole if I get stuck. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's so very practical that. when you think mm, about it. It does make sense. Uh huh. You mentioned your shoulder flexibility, and this is actually something that I was, I am curious about. Is like, how do you get so strong and also maintain? like enough shoulder flexibility it is um it's constant you've got to keep it constant you need to be doing it every day like stretching like obviously if i'm doing gymnastics you'd know mm-hmm. it's something that you can lose it in in a week it can go just like that um your body can adapt but you need to keep your body ready for it if you were um, your muscles when you're training and especially lifting weights your muscles become a lot tighter mm-hmm. and if you wait too long and then try and stretch them, it's trying to almost try and do an impossible job. So it's something that people need to actually understand that they need to work into their training session. Like you'll see a lot of people stretching before the gym, they'll get in the gym and they'll start stretching. Well, you're stretching cold muscles and then they'll finish their gym session and walk out the gym sweating and not even think about it. Like I think, um, Warm up is obviously a very important part that I think a lot of people grasp, but the cooling down people pay part of it. A lot of people don't understand and they just don't bother with it. Mm-hmm. And by the time you realize that you can't touch your fingers behind your back or you can't do so and so, it's not too late, but it's so difficult to then get that flexibility back. Whereas mm-hmm. it's something you need to maintain before you start or as you start putting on muscle or. Yeah. 
what is your, <laughs> I guess, what is your current daily routine? Um, well, I, um, I'm very like entrepreneur myself. So uh -huh. I like, um, I'm into like business, whatever. Me and my brother run a security company. Oh. Uh, well, my brother owns a security company. I'm the security manager. Mm -hmm. So on a day to day basis, I'll get up in the morning and come down to the office. Um, just because it makes me more productive. And, uh, this is during COVID, this is. Normally, yeah. this is different. during COVID, <laughs> get up, come into the office, get the work that I've done that I need to be done. And then from that, I'll go home. And usually it's uh, either planning content to be filmed, um, planning who I'm meeting with, because I've still... Um, like, I've got sponsors that I'll still create content for. Mm -hmm. So I'll be in liaison with them on what kind of content they want or what whatever. Um uh, once I've kind of got that planned out, then I'll get onto my training. Um, my training consists of a lot of things. Some days it'll be I'll meet up with my mates and we'll go play basketball for a couple of hours. Um, I've got a trampoline in my garden, so a lot of bouncing around um, happens a lot. But I've also got a little sister that I, um, I mean, she used to be a lot of a much harder worker than she is now. She's getting to that age that's a bit difficult to mm. get her to do it, but. Um, I'm constantly on her. When she's in a good mood, we're out in the garden, I'm getting her to do stuff and I'm showing her. So it's, um, my exercise comes in a lot of different forms of exercise, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I think since lockdown, it's become a lot more relaxed. Uh, before lockdown, it was gym at least five, six days a week, mm -hmm. as well as training in the, gym, in the gymnasium on the evenings. And then I was coaching four days a week which is like teaching like on a Friday, it's five hours on a Tuesday, it's three hours on a Monday, it's four hours. So I'm like lifting kids and throwing kids and doing that. So it doesn't really stop along with doing the security work as well. Mm -hmm. I, I like my time to relax, but I like that to be a separate, a, a certain time to relax. I like mm -hmm. to have my day, day planned and actually be active. I've got a day to do nothing. It's like, well, now I'm going to plan to film this or I'm going to plan to do that because it's a day to be productive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a mindset. Trying to build that to people is it's really hard to actually get that. You have to get yourself into a routine, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, mm. it makes a lot of sense. I'm very similar in that I like to be packing my days, um, but I have I take Saturday off like fully and completely. I just it's only for me. Um, and that gives me the ability to to work the other six days yeah. really hard yeah no it makes sense definitely you have that release day but it's all for you you ain't got to worry. you take your mind off everything and just know that yeah i like that i like that yeah so with this security company how is that going so, right now <laughs> okay. it's actually going better than it was before covid uh -huh. because certain places actually can't open without security um, some shops are adding more security, etc. So it's um, it's not really a, if anything, it's done, actually done better for us. Not in a dark way or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but business wise, we've been a lot busier. Um, again, it's my brother's company. He started it. Uh, he's thirty. I'm twenty five. So he's five years older than me. Hmm. When I turned eighteen, he'd always done security. Uh, he helped me get my license, and then. I've always helped him out and we've slowly just built, he started the company and we've got one contract and it's just built like that where mm -hmm. um, it's great for me because the flexibility, if someone messaged me and I'm supposed to be at work and says, oh, can you uh, come and film? I can run a brother and we'll cover and we'll sort this out and it's really flexible. It helps me a lot. Um, 
but yeah, I feel like um, just having that there, yeah, it's it's um, it's like in a business sense, it gives you something to focus on when you yeah. kind of done your other stuff. Like I like having my hands in different pots. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I keep busy. Uh, will you take me back to your first sponsor and first the sponsor. experience of that? Okay, so my first sponsor came through Instagram. Uh-huh. I got a message completely out of the blue um, asking if I would come down to Walton, which is about 20 minutes down the road, to come and film a video on their fitness product. Uh-huh. And I swear to, well, obviously, I jumped at the idea, but I had quite a, a different reaction from different people. Like, I'd say, well, don't do it if they're not paying you, et cetera. And I was just kind of like, well, this is an opportunity. I'm going to go down there. It's not far mm-hmm. and try it. And I went down and it was just a, the warehouse that they built the stuff out. They've got a little shoot, like studio set up in the back and we filmed a video and the owner was really great with it. I mean, because it was so local, he'd filmed videos before, but he was paying a, no end of money to get him to come down from London or wherever to come and film. Mm-hmm. So we filmed the first video, uh, completely free of charge, and they gave me the product, which I was absolutely ecstatic ast- with, like, oh, my God, I got a free product. Like, yeah. insane. And then um, about two weeks later, they rang me and said they would pay me £100 to do a video. And I was like, oh, Really? Like, okay, so I went into the video and then it kind of progressed into, I was filming a lot for them, but then it progressed to me being like their social media manager. So I was more like scouting other people to come and film and then getting videos and um, like finding fitness like enthusiasts that are, like got quite a good following that will bring in a bigger audience kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I was handling the Instagram, doing daily videos on trying to educate people or etc. Uh, I mean, I travelled to Amsterdam, uh, went to Sweden with them. We did Body Power, which actually led me to get sponsored by USN. You know, the nutritional company USN? Nope. Uh, not heard of them? No. Okay, so USN is a nutritional company. It's one of my biggest sponsors. I was working for Pull Up Make, my first sponsor, uh, Body Power, which is like a fitness exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had like a little stage and we had our product, which is like a little pull-up bar. And we were running competitions. And then as I was going for my dinner break, USN, who was like the biggest sponsor at the event with the biggest stage, we were running like a high jump competition. And because um, I can jump quite high, being like, I'm only, what, five, six, I'm not tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can jump really high. My mate was like dragging me up like, come on, no, you can do it, come on. They can do a jumping competition. So he pulled me up to the front of the stage and they got 10 people out. And they had a competition who could jump the highest. over like, And they had like a bar and they were putting it up. And the competition was whoever beat the 10 people out of the audience got a duffel bag, uh, got a tub of protein, sorry. And then if you could beat Harry Akins, who's like an Olympic relay runner, uh-huh. um, if you can beat him, then you win a whole duffel bag with whatever products you want and you can stack it. Oh. So we're doing this high jump competition and everyone ended up getting knocked out and there was me and the uh, high jumper, uh, the sprinter left. Uh-huh. And uh, we did, I did the jump, then he did the jump. And then he gave up. He said he hurt his knee. So everyone's like, oh, you've won. But it was, the, it was like an anti-climax because he gave right. up and no one knocked it off. They were like, do you reckon you can go higher? And I went, I'll try it. So they hired the bar, but it wouldn't go any higher. So they stuck tubs of protein underneath <laughs> to the point where the bar was above my head. Uh-huh. And they were like, well, we've not got a prize if you do this. Like, what do you want if you can do it? Like, pick something. I was like, I want a sponsorship. 
And they were like, oh, no, I don't think we can do that. And then the manager come up and he was like, how old are you? And I was like, oh, I'm 23. And they're like, what do you do? I was like, I teach gymnastics and breakdancing and that. And they were like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know what? If you clear that, you don't knock it down, we'll sign a contract today. And I flipping did it. <laughs> Luckily, like, <laughs> I, I didn't think I could jump that high. It was like, it was so surreal. Yeah. But I think that's when it kind of, like, I think then I was on 7,000 followers on Instagram. Uh-huh. The next morning I woke up, I was on 11,000. It literally, like, it grew, it, like, it went like that. But I find with social media, it's really difficult to keep your, your followers entertained. Uh-huh. I, um, you've always got to be thinking of something new to keep them um, grasped and entertained. Like, I find um, during this COVID, not being able to go out and film in, de- in good places it's a lot harder to get people's engagement. Like, mm-hmm. people's, they're just not there. They're just on Facebook all day, just scrolling, just keep going. So yeah. it's always a case of trying to think of new and exciting content, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, um, with USN, it definitely gave me, with all my sponsors, it gives you a drive towards, one, for content, and two, the, the products are good. So any company that I work with, if I don't agree with it, like, if I don't think it's worth it, then I'm not involved. Do you have, did you ever feel like creating content or the need to create content interfered with your ability to train or your focus at least? No, I, I think in all honesty, it's actually helped me loads. I find when I'm creating content, I'll get all the work that I needed to get done, done, and then still push myself to create the content that I wanted or vice versa, I'll get in there and do the content that I planned. It'll be more effort than I thought it would have been. Mm-hmm. I'll be really tired, but I'll need to do what I was going to do anyway, so I'll still get that done. Yeah, I think it's actually improved my work rate to the point where even off camera, I work harder because when you're on camera, you know, like you've got, you're working hard, you're putting your all in. So then when you're off camera, you think, well, I did that and I was sweating. Why am I not doing, do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just, uh, um, no, I think it's actually really helped me, to be totally honest. As far as, like, doing events, I mm-hmm. think when I started filming, like, I never used to, like, having the camera on me. Like, when I first started filming, I felt awkward in the gym. Like, if I went to film me, I felt like, especially with people saying stuff like, oh, you can't go to the gym without your phone, can't you? Right. So I felt really uncomfortable with it. Now, I'll get out and film myself in the gym doing the selfie, talking to the camera. Like, and I think that, in a sense of like doing events and communicating with people, mm-hmm. has helped me loads. Uh, you feel a lot more comfortable. And to be honest, I was really nerve-wracked about this. I was uh-huh. like, oh, shall I message you and say do it another time? Because like, <laughs> I feel like... But the, the reason I've done it is because stepping out into the out of your comfort zone, into them circles, is something you need to do to improve to evolve do you know what I mean to get better yeah. at things if you don't do it you're never going to get used to it are you yeah that's true yeah well I can remember the first time I taught a cl- uh, class full of kids and uh, I didn't want to say I didn't want to speak it was kind of like okay I'm gonna do this now nah, get in there and I can hold the whole class and have 60 shooters and they're all listening and doing as they're told mm-hmm. you just get a lot more comfortable with it and you get better at it that's very interesting um because I I think right now in this like uh, in the larger moment, not COVID, but personal branding and like being a star on Instagram or whatever is now a lot of people's goal. Mm-hmm. And that that being the goal, as opposed to like a result of 
trying to build something else yeah. is an affliction, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you mean. And for me, I think what happened was I'm trying to build like my own business. Yeah. And what would happen is I would post these things and I would get likes and comments and a lot of engagements. And actually one of my videos like went viral for a second, uh, small plug for me, yeah. <laughs> huh? but then it became, then I found that my goals were, were being shaped around trying to make content instead of trying to build that business does that make sense like no yeah yeah i i do agree with that uh, definitely i think a lot of people are too focused on getting the views on instagram rather than actually the bigger picture right uh, it's like everyone's aiming for it but if you wake up in the morning you've got a million followers but there's still no business and not monetized then so i get that but i also think with me for example if when you're building, like, again, a case of, like, coaching and stuff, like, I'd love to travel the world and coach, like, say, handstand workshops or whatever. Yeah. I think if you – it depends on what time you've got. Like for me, for example, I'm going to be doing that training anyway. And right. if I do more, then it's, it's better. It's, it's no, there's no downfall to doing more. Like, it's just going to get more. So if, I, if I'm doing whatever I'm doing with my sponsors, like, I'm still – like when I had no sponsors, I was sending emails, I was commenting, I was messaging, I was talking to different people. Like anybody that I found interesting that I thought would benefit me and them, I was in contact with, trying to grow, not necessarily be my sponsor, but just um, just to talk to and share, yeah. whatever. But I feel like I, I then made money through obviously the sponsor side of it. But realistically, if you can build your brand to the point where you've got a million followers, you can be, you can drive your own story. Like you can tell, if I could jump on and go on live and a hundred thousand people are going to jump on and listen to what I have to say, mm -hmm. you can then start to motivate on a different level. Like I feel like I motivate people by showing them my work ethic mm -hmm. rather than, I, w I wouldn't really post a video like, guys, mm -hmm. today you need to be doing this. Like, I, you know, Gary V, you must listen yeah. to me, you know who Gary V is. So, um, like, he can jump on and just talk, and yeah. you're going to sit in there watching it and take in every word he says because it's Gary V. I feel like once you've got up to that point where people are watching you and following you, you then can start to push your own brand in a different way to the point where you've still got your affiliates or your sponsors that – you're more with them out of principle because you've got their back, they've got your back, but mm -hmm. you've got your own brand where it's like, I could then go to, for example, if I built my point, brand to the point where I could go to gravity fitness and say, I want to bring out a gravity slash chaotic movement um, ring set, where yeah. it's both, both partners in it. But I feel like you need to have that level of uh, following or that level of um, just people looking up to you, that yeah, amount influence. of people to be able to get that partnership or put that investment in. Like I could buy a ton of clothes with my logo on. And mm -hmm. I mean, I have got a ton of clothes with my logo on that I wear myself. <laughs> not to sell. That's just probably an ego thing or whatever. I don't know. I like, mm -hmm. I like designing my own stuff. Um, but I could buy a ton of it and try and set up my own website and try and sell it. But I feel like who's going to buy it and why and what reason have I getting to buy it? I feel like you need to build yourself to the point where you, you have powerful... I think it's about inspiring people. I think that's what it's about, in all fairness. Mm -hmm. I think that's as much as I can say about it. It's, um, it's, um, I'd like to get past the point of just posting what I've done that day and yeah. my mentality behind why I've done it that day. 
And I, I probably could actually just start posting that now, and it's probably my mindset that's stopping me from doing that. Mm. I feel like it's here before I'm deaf ears. Like, yeah. I use TikTok, and I can post something and ask a question, and I'll get 700 comments. Everyone wants to reply. Yeah. I can put it on Instagram, and I could probably tell you before, before they comment who's going to comment, because it's the same type of people that are going to engage, and it's... It, the, the algorithm rhythm, rhythm always changes and it baffles me. Really infuriates me, if anything. So I, I try to focus more on creating that work ethic so people follow what you're doing and think, you know what, he knows what he's doing and he's building towards somewhere, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And just kind of being more subtle with the motivation rather than being in your face. Yeah. So I, I think if I followed someone that's not necessarily got a massive following or not a massive reputation that's then... Uh, I want to say preaching, for lack of a better word, but preaching at you, I feel like... You want to say, well, what have you done? You want to look through that and think, well, even if it's yeah. true, I'm kind of sceptical about it. So I just want to, um, yeah, build that where people actually take it in. And uh, I mean, I do it with my friends. Uh, I've got a different circle of friends. Like uh, one of my mates that's into the gym, me and him are always on saying, have a positive mindset, positive mindset. And some of my mates are like, well, what's that going to change? Oh, I'm happy about it, but it's not changed the fact that it's there. I said, no, it changes your outlook on the way you see things. Like, going to the gym isn't just about going to the gym to try and have a good body. If you don't care about it, it's fine, but you'll feel better. The release, the, you'll feel better in yourself. But no, you can't understand it until you feel it. So, yeah, it's, yeah I suppose once you've uh, made it to a certain point, people will listen anyway because well, that's what they do, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like once you already have a million other people um, yeah <laughs> people see it they see you got a million followers and they automatically um mind blow they say oh yeah well he knows what he's talking about then click follow mm-hmm. click it just mm-hmm. comes like that i suppose what is your long-term vision for yourself to be totally honest like i i want to like i said i would like to travel and coach uh, mm-hmm. that's the main thing um i feel like there's so many different fitness industries that all kind of base around like like your calisthenics crossfit even bodybuilding to a certain extent the core strength that you need that a lot of people don't actually engage with at the start is something that a lot of people lack the knowledge in like most people you could get them in the training in the gym and you try and get them to tense individual muscles and go through and you'll find that they can't they don't know what to do to squeeze that muscle and it's like you need to understand what you're doing when you're doing that exercise as you're just moving it around i'll say my goal is um to build to a point where i can educate on a larger scale i'd say whether that be Mm -hmm. i mean i'm quite open to ideas whether that be having my own gym or my own facility where I would do that or teach other people to do that uh-huh. or whether it's traveling myself like I love traveling I love getting out and going to different places meeting different cultures so yeah. uh, to me even if I did have my own facility and I was training other people I would look to do half of it where it is traveling and meeting and giving other people the experience to learn like, mm-hmm. I went over to Australia for three weeks so I got family over there and I literally messaged one gymnast that I've seen on Instagram saying, oh, I'm over in Australia. Can I come and have a session with you? Mm-hmm. And he drove two hours from his house to come and pick me up and took me to the gym. Oh. Like, and the guys there, like, I taught him a little session and the guys there were so nice and they were so like, I oh, need to come back and next time I come out, we'll set up a workshop. And it kind of just made me like, think, wow, I would love to go everywhere and do this. Like, I would love to go around and just see people light up when they learn something new or, yeah. yeah. So I guess it's just building. It's just a constant 
I'll keep I'll keep building until Instagram dies, <laughs> until <laughs> you know, until social media is over. There's, there's no reason to stop. I can't see a a con. There's no downfall in in doing it. So I may as well yeah. just keep going. Yeah. What is your stance on fear? <laughs> fear. Actually, this is funny because I was looking at that. I believe it or not, I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> Okay, wait, I'm sorry. I need to, I, for the listeners, I need to contextualize. There are ample videos on his Instagram of him jumping off of roofs. <laughs> so no, go ahead. Continue yeah. your sentence. Yeah. So, so anything over two stories, I will jump off two stories, but anything higher, I'm, I'm a little girl. I, I'm uh, such a wuss. It's, uh, it's, um, I wouldn't stand at the top of a three-story building and look over the edge. Like, I don't like heights. Hmm. Um, uh, as much as like, I would love to be like in the stunt industry, that's more of a sense of I can control my body. I could jump over a wall and land on my back and not injure myself. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, with heights, I think there's always room for a mistake. No matter how good you are, a mistake could always happen. So if I'm putting myself up at the top of a building where potentially I could die. Uh-huh. I know, one, if I recorded myself at that kind of height, my family would go absolutely mad. If mm-hmm. I, my family seen a video of me at the top of a massive building doing something stupid, mm-hmm. they would go berserk. Because it's not just me. that is. If I fall and kill myself, I'm dead. It's done for me. But look at everyone else and the yeah. video to watch it. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, well, well, it wouldn't get posted, right? <laughs> well, it wouldn't get posted, but I'm sure they would probably end up still seeing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I couldn't even stand there and film a friend doing it. Like, that's how, like, me and my friends are, as much as we like, like, parkour and free running and, would jump from what others would consider dangerously high. Mm-hmm. I know that if I land, I'm not going to injure myself. I'm going to roll out or whatever. But I mean, most of the stuff you see is practiced in a gymnasium. It's not like I wouldn't class myself as a daredevil. Like mm-hmm. you know, if someone says, "Oh, try that," if I look at it and think, "Well, I could potentially really injure myself," then the answer is going to be no. Love. I think that's just because I know myself. Like, you know, if someone said, oh, dive out of that window, and I looked out the window and thought, oh, there's grass out there, and the drop's only two, so I would do it. And they would think, oh, my God, you could have killed yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's just because I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, when, when I tell people I'm scared of heights, they, they look very confused. Because, like, I'll, go, I'll climb up and do a handstand on the top of somewhere. Mm-hmm. I know I can handstand, and if I fall, I'm just going to put my foot back down, or I'm still going to be on there. Whereas running and jumping, sometimes you can, like, I fell over... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm good on my feet. I'm not a clumsy person, but there's mm-hmm. been a few times that I fell over and not understood why. I don't want to do that at the top of the roof. I think now. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I I feel I feel you on that. In that, um, I've gone places with classmates or something like this, and I'll get on top of a like a small wall and do like a cartwheel or something. Um, or I'll do a handstand. And I remember one time I, I don't know, I think I just did like a back walkover over something and there was a guy with a camera and he was like, oh, would you do that again so I could capture it? And I did that and then I stopped in the middle so that he could get like that like great shot. Um, and all of my classmates and my professor, they were like, no, stop. Oh my goodness, you were going to die. Like you didn't even realize that you were moving this way. And I was like, Oh, no, no. I have a lot of control over my body. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people that don't understand, they'll see that and think, oh, my God, that was so dangerous. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, for us, like for example, I was on a college trip. Uh, we were, um, I actually had an accident and they thought that I dislocated my shoulder on like a climbing wall. So they rang like an ambulance, they come down and put me on gas and air, which sent me loopy, which made it worse. And they took me to the hospital, got me checked out and I was fine. And by that time, I'd already said my shoulder feels fine because they took me there. They... So we went through all this and then I went, we went back to the place where we were staying with the school and I went up to the room. It was a two-story room. Went up to the room, got there, no one in there. Looked out the back window and they were all playing basketball out the back. I love basketball, but for me to go out there, I would have had to go all the way to the other front of the building, all the way around. To all... So I climbed out of the window. Mm-hmm. And me being me, it was literally a hang and drop and I was on the floor. Like, I can jump as high as I dropped from. Do you know what I mean? So it weren't nothing. Yeah. But <laughs> right below me was the staff room. So all the teachers were sitting there and just seeing someone fall in front of the window <laughs> and land on the floor. So I've gone over and played basketball and they come over and they rang my parents and said, oh, you know, after the been, come and pick him up, it's three hours away. And no offence, they let me stay and I was really apologetic and my mum screamed at me down the phone in front of my teachers and whatever, but... Like they saw that as, oh, you, you could have really hurt yourself. And I, I explained to him that oh, I was, there was no way I was really going to hurt myself, but obviously I was wrong. And I think with that was, like, obviously there was other kids there that might have tried it, which then I didn't understand. You know, being yeah. now, I would find that so irresponsible. There's kids there, you know, you can do it. But, but back then you just don't see it like that. You just think, well, I can do it. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Then you grow up and it gets all boring, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to enter the seedling round. This is my sound effect. Cacao. (laughs) Cacao. What is the longest you've held a handstand? Ooh, I don't actually know. We did a handstand competition at... When we were at a handstand competition, they were trying to break the record for the most people doing a handstand for the longest period of time. But they didn't actually get enough people there to even qualify to everyone to do the hand. It was good, whatever. Um, but we went down there, and the guy that organised it, I ended up stood next to him when we did it. And as we went down, he said, oh, we're going to do it for as long as we can. And I went, all right, then. So me and him kind of went on, and everybody dropped down. And there was me and him left for, like, everyone kind of crowded around. And I think it was about... I think it was like one minute, 57 seconds or something like that, that I, that I think he dropped and then I come down after him. I'm very competitive. So like, <laughs> like if I tried it by myself, I probably would have done one minute 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know, doing it next to somebody else. If they had done five minutes, I would have done five minutes, 10 seconds. Like, yeah. uh, I, it's not a great thing. My brain's always worked like that from young. Like, if you've done 10 pull-ups, yeah, I can do 11. But uh-huh. if you did nine, I can only do 10. It's, it's a mentality thing. I'm really competitive like that. But I think it's around just over the two-minute mark from the longest on Sundays. Okay. What is your favorite flip and or trick, whatever comes to mind? Probably just a standard back somersault, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the one I'm most comfortable with. Like, I, f- I find it easy. Like, it's probably one of the easiest flips to me, and people seem to enjoy it. And because I'm quite small, jumping that high seems to impress people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd probably say a, a normal back somersault or a stall back somersault, which is where you stay straight, so you're horizontal. As you jump up, you get horizontal before you then tuck and rotate. So probably, yeah, a stall back somersault. Cool. And where did chaotic movement come from? Okay, so growing up, when I like when I said to the tour for um, Park Resorts of Butlins, I was doing it with a group called SBX, which is like an urban entertainment group. So they've got like, football freestylers, basketball freestylers, 
BMXs, skateboarders, etc. So I needed a stage name. So I went with B-Boy Chaos mm-hmm. because a traditional breakdancer is... Um, you've got top rock, which is all you standing up uh, 40 feet with. Then you've got your floor work, which is down on the floor. Then you've got your power moves. Because I'm an ex-gymnast, my majority thing is power moves, flips, doing that, mm-hmm. which to a lot of B-boys in the breakdance industry find that um, kind of like an insult. Like, they don't really like that, which I find it's strange. It's not pure, yeah. Yeah. So um, I said with B-boy chaos, so I thought it was just a bit chaotic. chaotic. Like, I come out doing flips. I've got on my hands, I'm doing this. So I went with B-boy chaos. And then um, that was my Instagram name. And then when I decided to carry on posting, I designed a, like a little. Um, I was looking at like trying to design a logo. Mm-hmm. I just thought I need to get rid of the b boy part because I'm not really a b boy and whatever. And I was going to have just chaos, but I felt like it didn't necessarily explain. Not that chaotic movement actually does, but it doesn't really give anybody a gist of what it's about. Mm-hmm. I feel like chaotic movement is a, a fitness movement where it kind of engages people to stay fit and active through a chaos any chaotic way it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're going in something running around playing hide and seek with you know what I mean? it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what what in what means you're doing it it's about staying healthy and active so i thought well i'm kind of chaotic and it's a movement so it was just like a chaotic movement where i could potentially brand it as a it's a whole movement. It's a like now you've got yeah. crossfit's a whole mo- it's a like a, its own little thing. You know, it's like chaotic movement. You've got your yeah, like it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm training this. I'm doing that, and I'm keeping active. And it's a way of life, kind of a healthy lifestyle, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that so? If you are trying to create a movement, do you think you'll ever like trademark, for instance, um, or try and build a, something akin to CrossFit? In scale, not in... It is things that I've thought of. Uh, again, uh, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm a very go-with-the-flow person. Mm. I'm a very... Um, as much as I do push what I'm doing, I think as as the like my Instagram or my socials evolve and get better, kind of, it kind of changes with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if it did build to the point where I was getting enough people or clients or whatever that are listening to me want to do this where I could actually start to brand it as its own thing where people are kind of like not just teaching but like running chaotic movement classes in gyms yeah then oh it's something I would love to do I'd like say that'd be a whole like inspiring a hell of a lot of people which is the ultimate goal so Mm -hmm. I think yeah I would but I think when you try and push something like that you end up with a sense of I don't want to say disappointment because that's like you're already failing before you've tried. But I feel like you, you aim for that goal and you're putting it all in. It takes a lot of work and you're doing that. And then if it doesn't take off to the point where it's where you want it to be, it's if it, it disheartens you. You know, you, I'd have to literally create the outside of the class and then promote, push that into other gyms or whatever. And I feel like I'd rather do that to the point where say I get 10 people that want class, like they want to do a class and I start my own and I say, you know what, this is a Celtic movement class mm-hmm. and it, people start to enjoy it and I feel, oh, this actually works and trial it like that rather than um, planning it and then trying to push it on people. I think it needs adaptations, it needs to kind of like, I do um, train people 
mm-hmm. like and it, like but it's more on a personal sense not i don't even need to know personal but you know if they if someone messaged me and they're from a local area within an hour away and they're on instagram and they want to talk and they want even knowledge or it's just a training session for motivational purposes i'm happy to go and do stuff like that i feel like i would rather go and do that than be like if I had my chaotic movement thing in place, my, my movement, they would message me and I'd be like, oh yeah, here's the plan, it's online, buy it. Or it, uh-huh. again, it comes very like, you've already set what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas now, when sort of like someone messaged me, every person that messaged me gets an individual message on a reply and what I think they want and how I would help them, rather than me trying to push my own movement in their face. Uh, it sounds a bit weird, but uh, my brain's weird. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So that concludes, sorry, cacao. That concludes the seedling round. Awesome. It, where can people connect with you or follow you, all those things? So chaotic movement is across the board, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, sometimes I do share my stuff from Instagram on Twitter, but it's very rare and I don't really understand Twitter that much. It's chaotic with a K. <laughs> yeah, chaotic with a K. Uh, chaotic movement, one word, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok. Always trying to motivate people. If you want to message me, I will respond. I'm not, uh, uh, I will respond every mm-hmm. time. doesn't matter what. Um, and I will try and help you any anytime. Feel free to shoot me a message. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's all, folks. Perfect. That's all. You need to get a little Disney. Little yeah, I know. The, <laughs> I'll start biting a carrot into the mic. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests, and it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayak.